Welcome to this week's episode of the Fun of the Run podcast. I'm your host, Michelle, also known as Waddell Running Lady. So glad that you're here this week. I appreciate all of you that listen to this podcast. It started back in February of 2023, and we have gone the entire year. We only missed one week, as far as I can remember. And I just think it's really uh, an amazing thing that there are people that actually want to listen to this <laughs> to this show. So thank you to each and every one of you. Before we get started, I want to quickly remind you that you can always reach me at funoftherunpodcast at gmail.com and also through direct message on Instagram at Waddell Running Lady. Today I have a special treat for you. My son Gatlin wanted to hop in on the podcast. So Gatlin, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Of course. So, all right, tell us what's going on. You're off school this week? Yep. And next week? And the next week. No, not three weeks. Yeah. No. Yeah. I don't think so. Anyways, we, we'll look into that. Okay. But anyhow, so Gatlin, I wanted to today talk about a couple different things. So I volunteered this weekend at Desert Solstice, and that's a track invitational. So we're going to talk about that. But before we get into that, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Christmas and about Christmas Eve. So I don't know if you heard when we were talking last night, but uh, for my listeners, I have a daughter named Ashlyn, and Ashlyn is Miss Esri's mommy, and Miss Esri is my two-year-old grandbaby. Ashlyn is married to AJ, and AJ's mom is Michelle, and I'm Michelle. So Miss Esri has two grandmas named Michelle, which I think is just really funny. But anyhow, I saw Michelle last night at our church's Christmas program. And basically what happened is I invited her over for Christmas Eve and we are going to have a tamale competition because (laughs) I make tamales. I don't make them every single year, but I make them probably every other year, every couple of years. And I like the red chili pork tamales. So anyhow, this all started is pretty funny. And I said, well, you can come over for Christmas Eve and you know, we're gonna have tamales. And she's like, tamales, you're a white girl. And I said, well, my grandpa was full Mexican. And she said, well, my mom was full Mexican. And I said, well, my tamales are amazing. And she's like, well, let's have a contest then. And I said, let's do it. And so she said, watch, I'm going to get beat out by a white girl. And I said, watch, mine are probably going to be terrible this year because I told you mine are amazing. So anyhow, we are going to have a tamale battle on Christmas Eve. So you can look forward to hearing what happens uh, (laughs) after that and whose tamales are better. But so Christmas Eve, and I have so much to do this week, which I'm sure a lot of you do too. I'm Today I'm cooking the pork roast. I need to make the red chili sauce. Tomorrow I'm planning on actually putting the tamales together and cooking them. I'm working on a little red velvet dress for Miss Esri so that she can wear it on Christmas Eve to church. And I have to wrap presents. I'm still not 100% done Christmas shopping. Yes, I know I said that. That's embarrassing. And I just have like a gazillion things that I still have to do. So Today, I have five miles on the training plan, and it is most likely going to happen on the treadmill because that's probably going to be the easiest thing for me to do. Okay, Gatlin, so you heard all that. What do you think? Um, Cool. Cool about what? The treadmill running, the tamale contest? Tamale contest. Do you think I make good tamales? Yeah. You like them? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, good answer. That's that's a good answer. Okay, do you want to hear about my volunteering? Sure. Okay. 
So Saturday morning at 8 a.m., I had a volunteer shift that started with Air Viper running. And Gatlin, you know that's pretty much all of the races that I do are Air Viper, right? Yeah. So Air Viper is a local company here. And I'm trying to think how best to describe it. Um, they're mostly into trail races and ultra races, um, but but they do have a lot of fixed time events where like you run a certain for a certain amount of time and try to get as many miles as you can. And that's what this was this past weekend. But it was a little bit different because it's the desert solstice is it's an elite level fixed time event. So um, it's basically they they want people to come to this event and set records. And it's also like an ideal qualifier for the national 24 hour team. So it's always, it's, I don't know exactly, but I know they just were in Taiwan like a week or two ago. It's a national 20, so that you have to run for 24 hours. You have to qualify to get on this team and you represent, you know, your country. I know ultra Jake Jackson was on there. Scott Traeger was on there. You are hilarious. Okay. You were in school last week. Bum bum. Anyways. Okay. So this race, Gatlin, you have to either qualify to run it or you have to be invited to run it. And so at the most, there will only ever be 25 runners. So when I went Saturday, guess how many runners there were? 24. No, seven. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there were only seven. And I thought when they sent out an email a couple days before, they said, yeah, we're going to have just, I think, over 10, they said. And there were seven. And I don't know if you remember me talking about Ashley Paulson, do you? She has bright pink hair. And I, anyhow, she is an iFit trainer. Ashley Paulson is an iFit trainer. I first heard about her um, probably during COVID when everything started shutting down. Remember how you and Madison, like we just got the email saying, hey, don't send your kids back to school. School's closed. Yeah. Yeah. And so during that time, I searched for a treadmill. You guys were home, weren't you? Like around 10? Yeah. You were 10. What grade were you in? Fourth. Fourth grade. And I think Madison was in eighth grade. And so I I had kids home and I was like, I knew I was training for a marathon at the time. And I just, I needed another option to be home more. And so I searched for, found a treadmill. It was Bluetooth enabled and I was able to download the iFit app and use that and and it controlled my treadmill basically and it would control the incline and all of that. So that's when I first discovered Ashley Paulson. There, I do have a point to this story, by the way. Ashley Paulson was an iFit trainer and her bright pink hair just basically paved the way. And she was um, really, really fast and she was just a really good trainer. But I started following her on Instagram and long story short, she was supposed to be at this event, at this desert solstice event. But she had surgery this year, recently got out of a boot, and you know was not going to participate this year. So that was kind of a bummer. But Ashley Paulson won Badwater 135 this year. And so, yeah, she's really fast. She's super awesome on roads and you know at ultra events and stuff like that. She's cool. But... So I was hoping to meet her, but that didn't happen. So I left our house. I live about, let's say, 35 minutes away from where Desert Stolsis was happening. It happens at Central High School in Phoenix, Arizona, every year in December. And so I headed over there 
probably about 7.30 in the morning. No, I did not leave. I, I left at 6.45 and I was supposed to get there like maybe 15, 30 minutes before my shift started at eight o'clock for orientation. So even though I've volunteered at aid stations before, so I really don't know what that was about. But the only problem with getting there that early is I didn't know until the night before that the Fiesta Bowl parade was happening at the same time. Did you know that, Gatlin? No. No, I had no clue. So my friend Ruth had messaged me on Instagram and she's like, uh, you better check your route to get to the the event because the Fiesta Bowl parade is going on. And I'm like, what? You're kidding. But I couldn't find anything about it online. And so I just headed over there and hoped for the best. But as I got closer and closer to the high school, which was on 7th Street, um, there were just police blocking everything. And so I pulled into like a, a corner like gas station and asked a police officer you know, hey, and I started rolling down my window. He starts shaking his head and shaking his finger like, no, you're not cheating. Don't, you know, and I rolled my window down. I said, look, I need to ask you a question. I have to get to this address by this time. I'm supposed to be there. And he's like, oh, well, go down the street. Tell the officer down there that I sent you and he'll probably move the barricade and let you through. So I said, okay. So I head down to that officer and they, as they see me approaching, he walks out into the road and starts shaking his head and like shaking his hand, his finger back and forth saying no. And as I just kept pulling up closer to him and he's still going, no, no, you know. So I rolled my window down and I said, excuse me, but the officer back there sent me to you and said, you would let me through. Well, where are you going? Blah, blah. It was such a nightmare. And he had to make a phone call and he's like, there's no race going on. I said, yes, there is. And, you know, it's at Central High School. It's on a track. And he's like, well, no runners are getting through here. And I said, there's only 10 of them. And, you know, they're already there or whatever. And it was just, it was not fun. And I will say it wasn't just me, but other volunteers after me, staff members for the race, everybody had a hard time unless you got there at three or four in the morning. Everybody after that point had a difficult time getting into the venue, such a hard time getting into the venue. But I finally made it in there and I was just so excited. Almost as soon as I got to my little station where I was supposed to volunteer, I saw Jackie and I don't No, not Jackie Chan. Thank you very much. Um, I am referring to runner Jackie. And so, and I'm sure that most of you know, her or I've heard of her. Um, I'm going to look up what her Instagram handle is real quick so that I don't say it wrong. It's NC Runner Jackie, and her name is Jackie Hunt. She has, um, she's an amputee. She has, um, she runs on a blade. She is super awesome. For the past 100 some plus days, she's been running a half marathon every single day um, for cancer and for cancer research. And she's completely amazing. And it blows my mind how she continues to do that day after day. Um, but I saw her almost immediately and I went up to her as much as I've, I've heard about her and seen her and followed her on Instagram. I've never been able to meet her in person. So I went over and Jackie, I've, you know, I get to meet you. And she was so sweet. She was so kind and let me get a selfie with her. I asked her if she had done her run yet today. Was she still doing that streak? She said, yes, I did it before I came. And I mean, it was only like it was before 8 a.m. and she had already gotten half marathon in. Just amazing. And we took a selfie. So I saw Callie Vincent and Scott Traer, and he was going to be running in the event. 
and Callie was there to crew him. So, of course, I went up to Callie and said, and I've met her a couple of times before, but I got another selfie with her. I told her how much I appreciated her last post. She recently had a post, Gatlin, that talked about um, basically don't let your the way your body looks keep you from enjoying the holidays and, you know, eating the Christmas foods and all of this. And I don't know. I can't remember exactly what it said, but it hit home. So I was able to tell her how much I appreciated it. And we got a selfie and it was awesome. And so I talked to her and then Scott came up, you know, a minute or two later. And I was able to get a picture with him and and tell him good luck and, and you know, ask him what his goals were. And it was just, it was really, really cool to see him. My friend Ruth was there. She had um, was getting ready to leave. She had come to set up for the event and gotten there before 4 a.m., we were able to get a picture together and I am running the six hour event with her at across the years. I say running, but our plan is actually to just kind of have time on our feet and enjoy the time and, and stroll in her words. And we're just going to have a good time together. So it was fun to see her and I'm trying to see who think who else, but it was just like this fun. Oh, Jamil Corey. I was finally able to meet Jamil Corey and which is, Basically, he's one of the founders of Air Vipa, maybe the founder. I don't know exactly how that's all divided between him and his brother, Nick. And I know his mom, Patty, was there just, you know, all in the family. I was able to finally meet him in person and thank him for putting on events that are inclusive, that allow me to come and participate. And and it was just awesome. And so that was fun to actually be able to get to meet him in person and then also while I was there, there was a lady volunteering with me and her name is Alyssa Jones. And Alyssa Jones just got accepted onto the Aravipa racing team, which is a huge, huge deal. And I think she had just found out that morning. And so she was just like on top of the moon, excited. And we talked and she's a very fast runner and honestly probably should have been participating that day, um, but she wasn't for different reasons. And we just had a blast volunteering. There was just a bunch of funny stuff about, you know, teasing her about her crush um, out on the field and not going to give any names. But it was just really funny because she she already has a boyfriend and she's been with him for three years. But it was just hilarious because we just had such a great time at the aid station teasing her back and forth. And every time a certain runner would come around, he would smile at her and just he would look for her and it was just it was hilarious and it was so much fun and we have to volunteer together again soon Alyssa because it just made my day it was so much fun but I was able to volunteer with Alyssa another lady named Karen um I was with Patty for a couple hours and then Jen came in and took over for Patty just had a really good day I will say that it was a hotter day than the runners were probably expecting it got close to 80 degrees Many of them needed ice bandanas and they would just constantly be throwing their bandanas back. Hey, can you fill this with ice? And, you know, they would be putting on wet shirts and peeling off layers and just all kinds of stuff. And it was just really, it was just warmer than they expected. But lots, lots and lots to unpack about this, about this event. Gatlin, are you going to take a kind of like a little hiatus from this now? Are you going to kind of go and do your own thing now? Are you going to sit here and listen to my story? I'm going to sit here and listen, yeah. Okay, because I'm not trying to bore you to tears. I okay, well, ask any questions if you want, okay? okay. Do you have any questions or nope. anything so far? Okay. Nope. So there was, like I said, seven people. 
So my job was to volunteer at the aid station. And I don't know if you've ever seen an aid station at an AeroVipa event, but our aid stations have like everything you could think of. We actually had like a stove, like with the burners on it that we could cook food on. We made bean roll-ups. We made turkey and cheese roll-ups. We made hummus and avocado roll-ups. We made chickpea salad and chicken salad. We cut everything up for potato soup and for chili. We, I'm trying to think, we made PB&J sandwiches. We cut up watermelon. There was coffee. Watermelon. Yeah, there was ginger. There were Oreos, fruit snacks, M&Ms, peanut M&Ms. Trying to think what else. Uh, Oranges, bananas, um, pickles, pickle juice, trail mix, chips, barbecue chips, regular chips, pretzels, uh, water, gnarly, ginger ale, Mountain Dew, Coke. I mean, there's just like, I'm trying to think of all this stuff. There were so many food items and plenty of ice. The funny thing about all of this food that I'm telling you about is that most of these runners, like I said, there were only seven of them. So most of them had their own crew. So where our aid station was set up with all these different food offerings, right? In a line down the row of this track would be like Scott's table. And so Callie was sitting there and every so often he would run by and say, croissant. And she would hand him a croissant <laughs> and he would eat half a croissant. I want to say like one an hour or something. I know he ate like 12 croissant halves between 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. And so he was being fueled by croissants, which was hilarious and cool and really funny. But so she would hand him one off and, you know, fill his ice and whatever, give him a different shirt or whatever. Jackie was crewing a runner named Megan. And so she had a table as well with all of the different things that Megan required. Uh, another runner, so maybe I should just go through and tell you who the seven runners were. Scott Trayer, um, Megan, I believe Alvarado was her name. Let me see if I can tell you real quick. Let's see. Okay, so there were Scott Trayer, Jimmy Strahorn, Megan Alvarado, Garrett Nelson, Sierra DeGroff, Darcy Smith, and Zach Bitter. So all seven runners. Everybody had uh, like a tent and a table that lined the track with their own specific fueling or water bottles or, you know, clothing or whatever they would need for this 24-hour period of time. Everyone had a crew except for Garrett. Garrett did not have a crew. So we would kind of, you know, if he needed something, one of us would go make sure his water bottles were filled or he knew he could always stop at the aid station and ask for something. So, But everybody else had a crew that would take care of them. And as they would come by, you know, ask them if they needed anything, various things like that. What was my point? So obviously, when you're at the aid station, you can see pretty much the whole track. And you can, you know, they had a porta potty on the track, a porta poopy, a rent-a-can, whatever you, whatever you decide to call it. They did have one right on the off the track so that the runners could stop and and use it if they needed to which a few of them did and what happened is we could see the runners you know pretty much their whole loop and you we could look out and say wow you know he's looking fresh like he doesn't even look like he's been running for 
four hours. And then we could look at other people and say, well, from the very beginning, you know, some, you know, it's, it's just one of those things. It's easy to comment when you're not the one running and you you're observing other people running. Obviously we're human and we, we have our observations. So there was one runner who from the first step they took, honestly, looked absolutely worn out and like they were struggling from the first step. And I'm not exaggerating. I'm not making it up. I'm not being mean, but there was one runner that looked really like they were struggling from the very, very get go. And they did not end up lasting the whole time, but just, just, you know, it was an incredible feat that they were able to accomplish what they did accomplish given the year that they've had, they've had a very difficult year. So, it was inspiring to look and see and know this person's story and the things that they've gone through and see wow, they still managed to get out there and run all these miles. The other thing that happened is there was another runner out there and one of the people at the aid station and volunteering with me was basically kind of criticizing this person's form. And wow, look how they run and look how the, you know, they're lean and they're, they're slouch or they're this, that. And one of the other staff members was saying, um, I can't criticize any of these people. Like they all qualified to be here. They're very fast people. Obviously their forum is working for them, you know? So it was just really funny to just, you know, you kind of are, you're not the one out there doing what these people are doing. And it's easy, you know, to be, to take a step back and to look on and maybe, maybe criticize or maybe critique what they're doing. And yet these are elite runners that are incredibly fast and I will never be anywhere near as fast as any of these people. And, and yet to just hear the comments, you know, saying, well, look at their form and you know, that's going to be dangerous and they're going to get injured and this. And it's like, no, what they're doing is obviously working for them or else they would not be here. And it's just funny. And I just throwing it out here, to my listeners, we've talked about this before. There's there's nothing wrong with trying to improve your form when you're when you're running. Um, nobody has perfect form, and you will hear that from run coaches and, and stuff too. No one truly has perfect form. I mean, I think Kipchoge's mighty close, <laughs> but but if you try to change everything and and just you know what, I don't want a heel strike anymore. I want to become a, a mid heel you know striker or whatever. I'm not saying you shouldn't do that, but you don't want to just suddenly do that all the time. And, and, and you can practice it a little bit here and there, but if you try to change anything too drastically, that is a recipe for getting injured. You know, you can work on one thing a little bit at a time. Don't spend your whole run trying to not heel strike. You know what I'm saying? Just little by little. So you don't want to just drastically change your form and, or everything about your form, if you really truly want to change it, just work on a little bit at a time, um, is what I've heard to be the best advice. And, and I've actually done that. I certainly don't have perfect form, but I did end up going a couple of years ago to a good form clinic at Tortoise and Hare Sports. And the teacher of that clinic was so helpful. He would film us and he would analyze our form and kind of tell us you know, what we were doing right or wrong. And, and there's so many things because you can look at these elite runners 
And, you know, you, we, we've heard, at least I've heard, you don't want your arms to cross over the center of your body. You want your arms to go forward and back, right? But you'll look in some of these elites, their arms cross over the center. You know, they're not leaning forward <laughs> like, like supposedly you should do. They're leaning back more. And it's just, it's so funny because you cannot have perfect form, but you can be a really fast runner. So it was just, it was very, very enlightening and interesting to see how these elites roll and what they do. Not too far into the day, I want to, Gatlin, what are you doing? Are you blowing an Orby through a straw? Don't, do not shoot those at me when I'm trying to record a podcast. So anyhow, this about, I would say about three hours in, I'm not hundred percent sure, but Zach Bitter stepped off the track and was laying on a cot on the side of the, of the track. So of course we're all over there whispering like, oh no, what's going on? Oh no, what, what's wrong is, you know, you know, you just all, there's only seven runners to begin with. And so when one gets off the course, you're like, oh no, what happened? You know, but um, he ended up resting for a while. And then someone said, oh, it's, it's, he's not going to make his record or, you know, he was going for a hundred K record as far as, as I know. Um, so Zach started out when, when the, the clock started at 8 a.m. That's when the clock started for everybody, whether you were going after a 100-mile record, a 100K record, or a 24-hour hour record. It started at 8 a.m. So right out of the gate, Zach started. He pulled ahead of everybody, and he was running. You could just look, and he was running at a much quicker pace than everybody else. And someone mentioned that, and then we were told, well, he's going for – a hundred K record, not a hundred mile record. He's going to be running a lot less miles. And so he can afford to start out quicker. And so then that made sense. So he kept up that faster pace, whereas Scott's plan and Scott actually ended up winning this event, just spoiler alert, but Scott's plan was to start out a lot more conservative and then, you know, really gun it at the end if he still felt good and which apparently he did, but he was running at a much more conservative pace, still not slow. Trust me. Uh, if you would have seen me out there, uh, <laughs> just no comparison watching these people run, but it was, yeah. Okay. Anyways, that's hilarious. But, but Scott, you know, was more conservative. So, so were all of the other runners and yet, and this Zach was booking it. So, but Zach ended up dropping because I guess sickness or something was going around. He didn't feel well. And so he ended up actually dropping at, I think, three and a half hours or something like that. So he wasn't able to compete the event, complete the event. So the rest of the time I was there until 4 p.m., there were only six runners out on the course, three women and three men. Okay. The other thing about this day that I mentioned was it was the Fiesta Bowl Parade. Well, the hilarious thing about this is we were facing, I guess, 7th Street and the parade came down 7th Street. So we were able to watch. Now, we weren't able to just stand there and watch the parade the whole time because we did actually work and do things and make food and stuff like that and take care of runners as needed. But we were able to essentially watch the parade and the floats that came by and the marching bands and, and all of that because the that specific spot is where the parade ended was on the corner and so we would we got to see several sets of horses and floats and old-timey cars and and it was just it was just really it, it made the day really fun 
and volunteering and watching parade at the same time. A lot of fun. So um, basically my takeaway from, so I was there 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. And then we had another, you know, set of volunteers come in to take over after we were done. But I was able to make new friends by volunteering. I was able able to get $80 in race credits. I have had some people on Instagram asking me, what do I mean when I say I was able to get race credits? So I'll just explain that here real quick so that you all know how it works in case you're interested too. Uh, Air Viper Running uh, gives their volunteers race credits that can be used for future Air Viper races. So you sign in for your volunteer shift and there's it's already set ahead of time how much credit you're going to get some events are more than others some jobs are more than others and so you know going into it how many race credits you're going to get and so i knew i was going to get 80 dollars for eight hours um, at desert solstice so i signed in and then what happens next is uh, some of the one of the air vipa staff puts that 80 dollars into my account on ultrasignup.com and ultrasignup.com is where I go to sign up for Air Viper races and for other, you know, ultra and trail events that I run. And they're not just, I think there are, are other events that you can sign up for on Ultra Sign Up as well, but I, I'm only familiar with the, with the running events on there. But what basically happens is you have that, those credits kind of pending in your account and then they can be used, I think they're good for a year if I remember correctly, they're good for one year from the date that they're issued. And you can use them on any future Aravipa event. And they are also transferable. So like if my husband would go ahead, like I want him to and sign up for every single volunteer shift at Aravipa, then he would have all of, all of these race credits that he wouldn't use and he could transfer them to me. Okay. But obviously he's not going to do that probably, but <laughs> But anyhow, and now that I think about it, he does have race credits from volunteering at hmm, at Cave Creek Thriller. Hmm, I should try to see if I can transfer those to myself. Okay, anyhow, that's that's another story for another day. So that's how race credits work, at least with Air Viper running. And if you do use your race credits to sign up for an event, and let's say if something happens and you can't actually run the event you sign up for, you lose those credits. So that's just something else that to keep in mind. But what I learned from volunteering at Desert Solstice, which I've learned at other events as well, because I, you know, this wasn't my first time volunteering at an Air Vipa event, is what I learned is that it's nice to see things from the other side of a race. And it's nice to be able to truly understand and comprehend what it means to help the runners that are out there going after their personal best, going after a record, or just trying to get through this race. And you're there to help them. You're there to fill up their ice bandanas. You're there to refill their bottles. You're there to hand them something to eat. You're there to just encourage them. So many things that that you get to see and experience from, from the other side. I love running the races personally, but I've also come to enjoy volunteering and I love getting the race credits as well. So you will catch me volunteering for sure a lot in 2024. <laughs> but I, I'm I'm grateful that I was able to go to this event in particular because I of course am am much more familiar with the trail and ultra events and very unfamiliar with any event at an elite level. 
And these were all, all seven of these runners were elite runners, which I will never be. And so it was really, really eye-opening to see the paces that these people can keep for hours on end. And so many of them looked fresh the whole time I was there. Not all of them did. And there was one that honestly, from the first step, looked drained and exhausted and worn out. And you, when you look at it from a human perspective, you think there's no way this person will last 24 hours. Um, but most of them, a lot of them looked fresh for hours on end. And it's amazing to me to see how how amazing these runners were, you know, and that's not something, of course, I've gotten glimpses of, you know, elite runners in the past, and I've seen really fast runners before. But I think it's something different to get to observe them for eight hours, and they just keep running by you, lap after lap after lap. And Scott in particular, I'm thinking of him, Scott Treyer, he ended up winning first place at this event. And he looked fresh. I got there before 8 a.m. The race started at 8. When I left at 4 p.m., he did not look any the worse for wear at all. He looked the same as when he started, which that just kind of floors me. It's amazing. Um, Scott ended up winning first place, and he ran 161.3 miles in 24 hours. Number two male was Jimmy Strahorn. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, Jimmy ran 113.3 miles. And then it looks like Megan Alvarado ran 106.6 miles. Garrett Nelson, 101.2. Sierra DeGroff, 100, 100 miles, 0.2. And Darcy ran 47.2. And Zach Bitter, 32.8. Zach Bitter was the one I talked about earlier who ended up having the drop due to sickness. And so all of these runners were absolutely amazing to watch and see them persevere. You could see, like I said, Scott looked fresh the whole eight hours, but there were some of the others that you would see, you would worry about when you saw them stop at their table and they would start stretching and you're like, wait a minute, are they, are they okay? You know? And then you would see some stop to walk and it was just, I mean, I stopped to walk all the time, but (laughs) Yeah, I know a lot of people, you know, especially at the elite level don't. And so, well, they do for ultras, but but for this super event, you know, hours went by and, and uh, these people weren't walking. And so then when one starts walking, you're like, wait a minute, are they okay? You know, is everything good? And so it was just kind of like a whole new eye-opening experience for me to see this this race and to see this elite event was absolutely unforgettable and it was really, really fun to observe them and to see what it what it looks like to be a fast runner. And so I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity that I had to be there. I think that pretty much sums up my experience at Desert Solstice. Met fun people, was able to just have a really nice day and earn race credits. So I did want to mention that for any of you folks that are local, I will be volunteering at the Buckeye Marathon early January. I believe it is the first weekend in in January. I'm not sure of the date exactly, but I believe that's what it is. I will be volunteering there, handing out medals at the finish line, which is what I love to do every year at the Buckeye Marathon. So much fun the last couple of years doing that. So if you are going to be running an event there, I will be there from the beginning of the race until, I don't know, midday typically. 
and then I'll have to go off and do my own run. But I hope I get to see you out there and hand your, you your medal, and that'll be a lot of fun. So you have to come out and see me at the Buckeye Marathon. And other than that, I just wanted to kind of share what it was like to volunteer at an elite event at something like this. It was super cool, really fun. And I totally didn't fit in, but <laughs> but it was a lot of fun getting to see everybody and getting to meet people that I've been wanting to meet forever. So a lot of fun. And like I said, we're going to have the Battle of the Tamales. I will keep you posted on that and whose tamale wins. We'll have to take a vote or something. I have no idea. I'm going to vote for myself. And my kids better vote for me or I'll probably have to kick them out. And let's see. I think that's pretty much it on the tamale front. I did want to mention to you that next week there will not be an episode released on Christmas Day, but I will release an episode the day after Christmas, so on the 26th of December, and that will be a very special episode because I was finally able to interview True Coach Lisa, which is Lisa Pazzoni of the runninguniversity.com. I've talked about her on a few different episodes. Probably I've mentioned her in Instagram posts. She is a local running coach here that does group coaching. And anyhow, we were able to catch up and I, I just asked her a bunch of questions and her answers were amazing. It was a lot of fun chatting with her and we could have probably gone on for three or four hours, I would say, but we didn't. We kept it short to an hour. So I, I know that you are going to definitely want to listen to that next week. And as for today, I'm going to sign off. Thank you so much for putting up with me and listening to me for this episode. Gatlin signed off a little bit earlier. He got bored and went to do whatever he, whatever 13 year old boys do. So he's not here to sign off, unfortunately. I am too. Okay, well, he came back to say goodbye. So Gatlin, thank you for listening to the part of the episode that you listened to. Oh, you're welcome. And maybe you'll come back while you're on Christmas break and, and help me with another one. Maybe. Maybe, okay. And so for now, thank you so much for listening to Fun of the Run. I hope that you go out there and enjoy your run today. I hope you'll take me with you. As always, thank you so much for listening, and I hope that you'll join me next time.